If you've ever voted in a Nevada election, you've probably seen ballot initiatives or questions at the end where you get to circle in a yes or a no. Usually they come with a novella trying to explain the pros and cons. I've tried to get through them, but you know, TLDR, so I rely on my gut or maybe an ad or an endorsement. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, I get to talk with producer Layla Mohammed about how the ballot initiatives come to be, the ones that voters are going to vote on in a couple of months from now, where it goes right and how it can go tragically wrong. It's Monday, August 1st, 2022. I'm David Figler, and this is CityCast Las Vegas. So, David, June 29th was the deadline to gather signatures for ballot initiatives that want to propose an amendment to the state constitution. We'll see some of that in November. So what are ballot initiatives and what is that process like? So it's an interesting process. The basic idea is that either the legislature does some stuff and then they ask the voters to approve it via questions or the citizens gather their signatures and they throw it up to the uh, to the legislature um, having started that process uh, or maybe bypass the legislature to get some things accomplished. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, it, it's a definitely a citizen participation process and it it has a more direct route than, you know, relying on your representatives to do the bidding for you. So that's mm. kind of the, the thing. And, you know, and there are a lot of rules. There's a lot of rules on what the ballot initiatives have to say, how they're worded, um, how many things can be in there, uh, and then how many signatures, which can, as we're learning in one of our local ballot initiatives, um, can be kind of controversial. So, um, yeah, a lot going on there and a lot of very, very different topics. And what is unique about Nevada's process? Well, you know, we we do allow this uh, petition circulation process to propose new legislation to amend the Nevada Constitution uh, or existing state statutes or approve or disapprove of laws, if that's the measure. And that, that could come from one citizen. It usually doesn't. Uh, it usually comes from a special interest group or a group of people uh, who are financed, um, oftentimes from out of state. But that's the process here in Nevada. And, you know, it, it is an arduous process. And I think what makes it a little different in Nevada than, say, a place like California, where they could have hundreds of ballot questions um, and initiatives on their on their ballot when they go to vote, uh, we typically don't have that many. Uh, a lot of them never qualify because of the signature requirement. So you mentioned a ballot initiative that was clouded with controversy about not getting enough signatures. Um, I'm guessing you're alluding to the rent control measure that is backed by the Culinary Union in North Las Vegas. Uh, the clerk rejected it and it seemed to have enough signatures. So what, what happened there? Uh, the Culinary Union ostensibly on behalf of their members, 
uh, want to have lower rents in the Valley. We're in the middle of an affordable housing crisis and rent control is one aspect. And, you know, um, no municipality has taken the initiative themselves to talk about rent control. There was some discussion, just as a little background, as to whether or not they even had the power to do that. Uh, recently, our governor, Steve Sislak, uh, said that based on the interpretation of his legal team, they absolutely have the power to do that. They went out and did a drive of voters in North Las Vegas to sign on that petition, and they submitted what they felt was uh, a number in excess of the required signatures. Now, the city of North Las Vegas, their administration, has, I would say, um, probably suggested, if not outright, said that that's not something that they're interested in, rent control. But be that as it may, you know, it was the city clerk who looked at it and said, no, we're going to measure that by a different election. Uh, so in other words, some hyper-technical um, reasons to reject the petition as well. Eventually, a judge will determine whether or not the clerk's interpretation of the statute regarding how many signatures and whether or not it was enough of a discrepancy to be material to have it thrown out uh, holds or doesn't hold. And that will all happen fairly quickly, simply because that election's around the corner. Do you think that there were any other ballot initiatives that should have gotten more support this election season that didn't make it onto the ballot? You know, I'm going to I'm going to switch gears on you and just do a little I'm going to lay down a little philosophy of of Figler here. The ballot initiative is a real mixed bag. I I like the idea of more direct citizen participation. If it was uh, perhaps in its most pure form, I would be behind it a little bit more. I will also say that there have been some amazing results that have enshrined really important rights in the Constitution that were part of this process. So, you know, net-wise, I think the ballot initiative process as, as it exists in, in Nevada is, is generally a good thing. I also feel that it is really susceptible to abuse. Tell me more about those abuses. I, I was very actively opposed to a ballot measure. That was in the 2018 cycle. And it was what was dubbed Marcy's Law. I wrote extensively about it. It was purported to be a quote unquote victim's bill of rights. And it enshrined some things in our in our constitution. It had passed through the legislature twice, and so it had to be approved by the voters as a ballot question. So this is one that came from the legislature to the citizens. My, my biggest gripe with it, other than the fact that it was not necessary, that it contradicted with other people's constitutional rights, that it was half-baked, that it was going to be way more expensive and have a greater fiscal impact than what was being revealed, is that it, it just wasn't really a fair process. And, and I think a lot of ballot initiatives, whichever direction they come from, are, are sort of susceptible to that. So unless there's people on both sides of the issue, it it really just gets funded and advertised one way. And mm. that's kind of rough. But if there is none against, then they have to come up with what the arguments are. And I believe that task goes to the legislative uh, LCB, the Legislative Council Bureau. Mm -hmm. And they reach out to people in the community sometimes to try to help them kind of figure out what it is. But it's a real rough process. And not 
everything goes in there. Sometimes it's like a little mini no novel, you know, about what it is. And I don't know that voters take the time. And so they just see the advertisement. And again, if only one side is advertising, it does tend to skew the result. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a wild, wild bag. So when you asked me the question, just getting back to your question, Layla, um, are there any who sh that should have made it on that didn't make it? I, I don't know. Um, so let's talk about those ones that did make it through. We have three ballot initiatives that got enough signatures that made it this year. The newest one being ranked choice voting and open primaries. And these are, to me, they seem like two separate things. So how did ranked choice voting and open primaries come together to make one ballot initiative? Well, you, you focused in on the hot one. I mean, that's the one that there is a lot of money and interest and advocacy on both sides. And this is being mostly funded, from what I understand, by an out-of-state entity that, you know, is trying to make this a thing in every state. Nevada has a closed primary system, which means you have to be a registered member of that party to vote in that primary. Uh, the primary for any political party uh, is to determine if there's more than one candidate, which candidate goes on to the general election. Um, there's obviously two major parties in this country, same in Nevada, though Nevada has a couple of standout third parties. So, you know, they're, they're there. And if there were two people, for instance, from the Green Party who wanted to be the Green Party's candidate in the general election, there would be a primary where only people registered as Green Party people can could vote. Mm -hmm. One of the criticisms of a closed primary is that in heavy districts that are tilted to one of the major parties or the other, that whoever wins the primary typically goes on to win the general election. So there is a whole group of people that really don't have a say in who the candidate should be. That's the main argument for uh, not having a, a closed primary. The open primary, which is the ranked choice voting, that's just one way to approach an open primary. The proponents of it think it's more fair to have more inclusion and that you get candidates who have more support from more people. And those who are opposed to it are like, look, this is just going to lead to chicanery and, and people going from one party to try to find the weakest candidate to, to prop up for the other party and try to really manipulate the process in a way. And, you know, both of them make really super valid points. I think it's going to be confusing. I think Nevada is really, really bad at doing things new ways for better and worse. And so I think there would be a lot of complication and confusion that comes from it. But ultimately, this is going to be a question for the for the voters. That's the hot one on the state ballot. The other ones that you referenced were three. Uh, one is ratification of the Equal Rights Amendment that's been floating around for a while. And that's something that the legislature finally kind of passed down to us uh, to, to vote on. And it, it should not be controversial, though everything becomes part of the culture war, you know, so yeah, who knows? Yeah, seems kind of late to be adding that, but... Yeah, you know, you know, some 40, 50 years later, okay. Um, so that's on there. And then there's a minimum wage um, uh, initiative as well to raise the minimum wage. But the one that would have the most radical change um, on the on the state level would, would of course, be the, the change in the way that primaries occur. Mm -hmm. Because that will change our whole how we do our elections. One of the people on the opposition of that is actually our governor, Steve Sisolak, saying that they're lumping together two issues. I think it's the open primaries being more popular and they're lumping in ranked choice voting in there. 
Um, is Governor Sisolak nervous about how this would affect his races going forward or the Democratic races going forward? Is that why he is in opposition of this? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's. I think the people in the parties like it the way that it is, that they don't have to worry so much about, you know, folks coming in to, to muck up uh, the the normal status quo of how somebody emerges for the the party to be the party's representative in the general election. I, I don't think that that is particularly surprising that, you know, the I would say the 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 most visible Democrat in in the state now that uh, Harry Reid is is dearly departed, you know, would be against something like this. And that most of the rank and file um, elected Democrats have fallen in place with that as well. Mm hmm. OK. Um, so we talked about the open primaries, ranked choice voting. We mentioned the Equal Rights Amendment. Um, and so for the question number two on the ballot is going to be minimum wage increase to $12 an hour by July 1st, 2024. Nevada already has a law that is gradually increasing the minimum wage to $12 an hour in the same timeline. So why did this make it on the ballot? It was just something that was decided ahead of time that it would make more sense to to have the voters do that to enshrine that as well and that's just the process but even if it doesn't go into into effect there is a graduated increase system that's already there so I, I think it's a lower stakes I think it's important again to when the voters actually vote something in that changes fundamentally how things go whether it be legislative or constitutional that has a little bit more weight behind it it's it's harder to undo as well it's an interesting aspect I think a lot of people, do support livable wages and don't realize just how low it is at the state level. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, I think it, it, it's done well in polling in the past and we'll see on that one. But yeah, that, that's not as high stakes as, you know, and not as monumental a change as something like the, the, the other ballot measure on, on, on primaries. So let's tap into our third eye, David, and look into the future into this November, and we'll just go to our big hot topic ballot measure. Do you think that the open primaries and ranked choice voting will pass? I think it's going to make a really good run. You know, it, it made it through the process, and it really is kind of a flip of a coin for a lot of these different things. But with this specific one, I, I think it has a lot of steam. I think a lot of people do feel excluded from the system, and I think that the way it's going to be presented is going to suggest that this is a solve for it. But there will be pushback on that, that, you know, the possibility that nefarious forces will try to disrupt the political process even further uh, and that we shouldn't experiment with this sort of stuff, especially in a state like Nevada, where, like I said, <laughs> we're not we're not really good at embracing wholesale change on the way that we do things. And maybe that has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, we're uh, a state that has newer cities as, it, as opposed to other places in the country, you know, cities that have really just come into their own mid 20th century. And that might have something to do with it. But at the end of the day, it, it's an attractive proposal to those who feel disenfranchised from the political system. And that's going to have a lot of steam. So it, it's an interesting one to watch for sure, Layla. 
Well, thank you, David, for having this conversation with me today and explaining ballot initiatives. And I look forward to talking about this more and keeping this conversation going as we full steam ahead to November. Yeah, my pleasure. I mean, you know, I'm no election law expert. I'm just a dude who reads a little bit and loves to chat. So, you know, uh, I'm I'm just going to give you a disclaimer that, you know, this was my best interpretation of things. But at the end of the day, I'm a voter. And as a voter, it is really interesting how we do things in Nevada. And and I'm looking forward to talking more about the entirety of the election cycle. And I really uh, appreciate the chance to talk about our, our weird little ballot initiative process here in Nevada. So thanks, Layla. Now it's time for some news. So what's going on in town, Layla? The Siegel Group, which is the giant corporate landlord that operates the local Siegel Suites chain, has been singled out by a new congressional report. The report says the company used uniquely egregious practices to remove tenants during the pandemic when the eviction moratorium was in force. Check out our episode from June 23rd to hear food writer Kim Foster talk about these practices and how Pink Box Donuts fits into the mix. Also, it turns out Nevada is a hotbed of cybercrime. According to the FBI, Nevada ranked fifth in the nation last year in terms of victims of online theft. Those losses amounted to more than $84 million. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and you got to subscribe to that morning newsletter, man. It is so good. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Happy August. Rabbit, rabbit. So what do you want to what do you want to talk about, Layla, about the ballot initiative process as it applies here in the great state of Nevada? Oh, yes. Your hosting already is kicking in. All right. Oh, stop.